Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Ray. It is October 15th, 2022, the day before we beat up on the Steelers. Oh my gosh. We're going to stomp them in the ground. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> For getting ready to do a preview, I don't want you to know all my thoughts on it yet. Um, those are all the thoughts. Those are all the thoughts right there. It's going to be interesting. You know, we got Larry Foote. He used to be joined in the Steelers team. Was it Randall L. too? Antoine Randall yep, L. Yep, he was a quarterback for him for, uh, back in the day. Back in the or no, day. Was he the quarterback or wide receiver? I think a I think wide he was receiver. A, I think he was a hybrid quarterback wide receiver. Really? Yeah. So. We're gonna have to fact check that. Yeah, we are. There we go. Now we got another Already. fact. Already. Speaking of fact checks and follow ups. All right, we talked about the rule change about the end zone going the goal line wrapping around the earth, and you know it was a big thing. John Madden used to talk about it all the time. It didn't matter if you went out of bounds as long as you crossed the goal line that wrapped around the earth. Well. That rule was changed approximately 2005. Oh my God, Ralph! I know I couldn't nail down the date or the year, but it was it was approximately in that area, uh, and it was due to Warwick Dunn. Believe it or not, Warwick Dunn scored a touchdown. He went out of bounds, or he was in the air and landed out of bounds, but his toe hit the pylon as he was flying through the air. So they ruled it a touchdown. I mean, the ball was, he was stretched all the way out of bounds. But because his toe touched the pylon, they ruled it a touchdown. At least I I think it touched. It might have went over top of the pylon. They ruled it a touchdown. Anyhow, everybody went up, you know, got in the arms over it. This was back when he played with the Atlanta Falcons. And so they... Changed the rule, and now you have to touch inbounds inside the pylon. You have to, the ball has to cross inside the pylon. Now, if you touch inbounds and the ball is outside the pylon, as soon as you touch inbounds across the goal, then the goal line extends indefinitely around the world. So that's why you can catch the uh, ball, be in bounds, and the ball's out of bounds, and it's still a touchdown. Yeah, those wide receivers with their twinkle toe. Yes. Catches. Right. They count. Yes. Okay. That makes sense, I guess. Uh, I still disagree with that call. I think it should have been a touchdown. The Mike, oh, Evans, Mike Evans in our game. Yeah, well, there, there just wasn't a definitive <laughs> angle to see if it – I mean, it, it looked obvious to everybody watching it that he went over top of the pylon, but there wasn't a definitive angle, so, you know. There you go. We made the touchdown on the next play, right? Right, yeah, yeah. We ran it in. So. So, no big deal. No big dealy there. All right. Another f- follow-up was we, we asked what was the Steelers Stadium name? Because mm-hmm. it's not Heinz Field anymore. They moved away from Three Rivers Stadium years ago. So we found out that the they changed the name of their stadium in July of this year. The new name of their home field is Ac- 
Kreischer? A-C-R-I-S-U-R-E Stadium. Is that the health probably. system there? Probably. Some, some new drug or something. Yeah. Pharmaceutical. It, I don't like them selling the naming rights to the stadium. Because you get, like, Bank of America Stadium. Yeah. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Raymond James Stadium. You know, it's all these mega... I don't know. It's just... Yeah. They keep... For the most part, advertise. Well, I, I don't know how to say this. Like NFL, uh, professional soccer. You know, they are like branded to the max, like everywhere. Like they're selling these sponsorships yeah. everywhere. And the NFL, I think, is pretty good at having the dividing line there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. except the stadiums. Yes. Yeah. yeah, just about every store does it. Boxing does it. MMA does it. I mean, those guys' shorts yeah. are plastered. The ring's plastered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and NASCAR, good Lord. Yeah, yeah that's all everywhere. it is. Yeah. So uh, the NFL has done a very good job, I think, of keeping it off the field anyhow. Yeah. But now the whole field is... <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, well, you know, we did a, we did a fact check follow up on that a couple of years ago about when that all started happening. And it was actually Wrigley Field in baseball. Oh. It was like the first one, Wrigley Chewing Gum. And it's kind of been a thing, but uh, not that big, but it was, I think it was around 2000, mid 2000s when it really slammed home in the NFL. They were getting these like $110 million for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what this uh, stadium name is, a, a creature. Mm-hmm. It's a 15-year naming rights deal, uh, ending the 21-year run as Heinz Field. Yeah, and see, like a Wrigley Field, a Heinz Field, I don't really take an issue with because those are kind of legacy you're names. Used to them, yeah. Right, yeah, you're kind of used to them, but then they get all these corporate sponsorships that, you know, I don't deal well with change. So maybe that's it. Right. So that's probably exactly what it is. You're like, I don't mind Wrigley Field or Heinz Field. Right. I'm used to that. Yeah. I'll make exceptions. Yes. It's nice of me, Rick. It's very nice of you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's get into, I want to cover, before we get to the Pittsburgh Steelers preview, I want to get to uh, cover the all 22 of the Atlanta game week five. Now, uh, I went through, did the whole game. I think it's the first time this year. No, the Kansas City Chiefs I did. Uh, it was the first time this year that I didn't, uh, that I went all the way through and I wasn't like focused on penalties. <laughs> Which, surprisingly, the Buccaneers had five uncalled penalties and the Falcons had eight uncalled penalties. But three of them were that hands to the face where the offensive linemen are just smacking our defensive line in the helmet. You know, technically it's penalty, but they rarely call it. They usually only call it if it's sustained, you know. But we had two of them were quite sustained. One, uh, Shaq Barrett got lifted up off the ground by his helmet, by the right tackle. You know, the, the right tackle didn't have any other hands on him, but hit him in the side of the head and picked him up off the ground with his helmet. So that definitely should have been hands in the face. You can't do that. That's yeah. It. So, you know, we were surprisingly, it was very few uncalled penalties. The, the, the ref still screwed up, you know, with the the big uh, defensive pass interference on Scotty Miller. Now, I went back and I looked at the first deep 
defensive pass interference that they should have called. And I was kind of iffy on that one. I was like, ah, you know, I get where they didn't call it because the guy did jump in the air and turn around. He didn't hit Miller before he turned around. Yeah. So I agree with that. And during the game, like I thought it should have been called during the game, but um, like the letter of the, they kind of give these defensive backs an out by, if you just turn your head, you're fine. And so he did that. You know, it was still a pass interference, but they do usually have that little, like, loophole. Yes. And he adhered to it, so. Right. And he tried to do it the second time, but unfortunately, he didn't time it right. And he slammed right into Miller. He did turn around right at the end. Miller ended up catching the ball, but it was out of bounds because he got slammed by that guy. Uh, But that definitely should have been pass interference. But overall, it was a very clean game. Uh, the, The Buccaneers did have some penalties that... Uh, should have been called, but they weren't. Uh, five of them. A couple of them were, I would say, game changing, but they were crucial plays. Uh, you know, especially with some of our big runs, we had some holding there. But anyhow, like I said, relatively clean game. Um, they did find Tom Tom Brady. Yeah, that's right. For that's that Grady good. Jarrett. I didn't even notice that he tried to either. kick him. So the NFL find. Tom Brady like eleven thousand dollars for trying to kick Grady Jarrett on that play, and it's like they were just trying to make up for the stupid call, the non DPI call. Yeah, no, the oh. the roughing the passer roughing call. The passer, yeah. So then they went back and find Brady instead. Yeah, well, you know, everybody's upset because they think that the refs are being too gentle on the quarterbacks and calling these uh, defensive. They're roughing the pass or calls and they're game changing. But like I said, if the refs would have done right in our game, that play wouldn't have mattered at all because we would have been down in field goal range mm-hmm. with that defensive pass interference call against Scotty Miller that wasn't called. So that would have been a totally game changing call that they missed right there. So, you know, I don't really want to hear Atlanta fans complain about it. I know. You know, uh, I don't like it. You know how I feel about the NFL getting way too soft. And that was a legitimate grievance they had because that should not have been a penalty. And the same thing with the Chiefs uh, Raiders game. You know, that 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 totally swung that game. But you know, it 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 happens all the time, every week. You know, and I I, point, I try to point it out in our games when it's, you know, BS calls or non-BS calls. And it happens all the time. It just happened to happen on two games that were crucial plays that everybody saw back-to-back. Mm-hmm. You know, Sunday night and then Monday night. And the NFL is infamous for taking plays like that and just blowing them up. It's the NFL media. It's, they do it. Mm-hmm. So if they see... You know, two plays. I mean, there's 16 games a week. Yeah. How many plays? And they can just nitpick, create a narrative, mm. and then boom, we get rule changes and right. people fired or whatever. Right. Yeah, that's what happened with two of the stuff. Yeah. You know, the media had a conniption about, oh, he was stumbling, and now anytime you stumble on the field, they're going to take you off. Unless you're Justin Fields. <laughs> he was getting beat up so okay. bad. What was that Thursday night? Yeah. And uh, yeah, he, and he was just I I thought they were going to pull him from the game cuz he he got up quite a few times very very slowly. 
and it was a little wobbly. I was so I was surprised they didn't because of all the kerfuffle yeah. everybody has made. Uh, well, I think it, it's just it seems like it's just impacting the dolphins so far because <laughs> they yeah. pulled Teddy Bridgewater out. <laughs> Nobody else. Are they are they angry at the dolphins over the whole? Oh. That's probably it. Yeah. And they're under scrutiny. Yeah. You know? Just like the the commies. Yes. The commanders. Yep. Or the football team or the Redskins, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them. Please let da- Dan Snyder release those whatever dozers he's got on every... Oh, like, let's just put it out yeah, there. Yeah, put it out there. Put it out there. Since it just wants to have the story <laughs> being told. <laughs> It'd be funny. I mean... Okay. Anyway. Back to the Atlanta game. Uh... Winfield Jr., game ball on defense. He did great. He was all over the place. And you even saw him on the broadcast, which you Mm -hmm. know when you're seeing defensive backs on the broadcast, they're kind of making an impact. Yes. Or getting burned a lot. Yep. (laughs) Which we don't. (laughs) Could go either way. We don't want that one. (laughs) Uh, Which, you know, Winfield's being used very, uh, very good in the sense that. You know, they're not keeping him back in a deep safety position, which we played quite a bit, uh, cover one, man coverage. But then we had uh, Edwards back there in deep safety position. But we, we've been using Winfield and, and our safeties in the nickel position and, and, uh, and, and the dimes, uh, m- using them a lot more than we're using our cornerbacks. And we're using Winfield in that kind of hybrid role where we're mm-hmm. having him up on the line of scrimmage a lot. He's doing – uh, blitzing, uh, he's doing run support, all that good stuff. And he's, he's just very good. That's what you want. It's kind of the way we use Levante David when he first came here. You know, he's just such a talented player that you want to use him in everything. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, he's just a hybrid player. Uh, so we're doing that with Winfield this year and it's smart because he's, he's good at everything. He's good at coverage. He's good at tackling. He's good at, uh, reading plays. He's good at block avoidance, shed blocks. All that good stuff. He's a steal. He was a steal. He doesn't get talked about enough. I know. Yeah. 97, Grady Jarrett. He just beat up our guys. He he beat up everybody in our interior offensive line. <laughs> he just went and took turns. He did. He did. Uh, nobody could really handle him. Towards the end of the game, he was getting a little tired, it seemed like. But, again, he, he still made that sack play. Uh, but... He really beat up on Gattaki. Gattaki just could not handle him. Uh, I think that they need to shift Hainsey to help Gattaki more. Uh, Hainsey will decide whether he wants to help uh, Mason or Gattaki, and a lot of times he'll pick Mason when he should pick Gattaki. I think they really need to slide him over to Gattaki more because Gattaki does need help. He's our weak link on that offensive line. He's kind of our kappa. Yeah. yeah. But he's a rookie. He right. can't. Right. I mean, I just, I feel like he's got a lot of leeway this year. Maybe next year, too. Yeah, that's personally, like, but team-wise, I don't want him to get beaten. Yeah. They have Brady under pressure so damn much. Just a correction, it's get a key. Get a key. Get a key. Yeah. I've been, I've been so saying weird. it right. I've been I saying it right. Just this only time. Slip back to Gattaki. <laughs> it's get a key. Get a key. Get a key. Get a key. That's not how it's spelled at all. At all. No, no. Not at all. I hate that. 
A.A. Ron. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, 76, Donovan Smith. He was wearing a right arm brace during this game. Oh, for that hyperextended elbow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which so, I didn't, I didn't clearly even... not 100% maybe. Well, or he was 100% in this game. <laughs> Man, he destroyed number nine. Uh, what's the guy's name? Lorenzo Carter. Oh man, he was just, he manhandled him. Uh, Lorenzo Carter did beat him one time on a four net run. Carter got to the tackle, tackled him for a two yard game. But other than that, Donovan Smith was a, there was three plays where he just crushed Lorenzo. I, I was so, I mean, it's just stuff you, you just love to see offensive linemen. Uh, one time he grabbed number nine by the throat. Oh my God. Picked him up off the ground and body slammed him. It was beautiful. <laughs> I kept watching that play. I rewind it, rewind it. I was like, man. Weren't you just complaining about Atlanta's guy doing that, picking Shaq up by the neck? Yeah, but this is different. It's different. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't grab him by the helmet. That's what Donna Smith okay. grabbed him by the throat. Okay. You could do that. That's better. I guess. <laughs> Uh, it looked quite violent, though, so <laughs> they probably would have thrown a flag if they would have seen it. Yeah. Uh, another time, he, he picked Nine up, grabbed hold of him, and threw him into the guy that uh, Gedeke was blocking and took them both down. It was like he was bowling. <laughs> it was funny. You know, he did do that bowling league. No, right? Yeah, so he's out there so. defensive lineman bowling. Yeah. Uh, another time, Nine, Lorenzo, uh, tried to speed rush to the outside, and Donovan timed it perfectly, waited till he got at the apex of his angle, and then crushed him like an accordion. <laughs> Just grabbed him from the top and pushed down on him, and the guy collapsed, and then Donovan fell on top of him. I don't know how that guy survived that one. Mm. But, but Donovan, Donovan definitely uh, abused that guy. And, well, I think in like the third quarter, there was a fight, and the broadcast wouldn't show it. But you knew at the end... They ended up going to Donovan, and he's all, like, sweaty and red, and um, he looked mad. Yeah, it was probably number nine getting yeah. frustrated with him because mm-hmm. he couldn't get past Donovan at all. Uh, and and it's, you want to see that, especially in these division games. It's like Burns, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Burns from Carolina. Uh, Donovan just – I mean, the, and the guy is good. Donovan matches up with him really well, and Burns just can't get – Donovan dominates Burns. What what is the type of defensive lineman that Donovan does really well against? Uh, these smaller guys, like a type. Right? Yeah, it seems like these smaller guys. They're fast, but they're smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, Donovan has a hard time with the bigger, taller guys. Okay. Uh, the kind of guys that got some strength and can match him up top. Okay. Uh, but. You know, these smaller, quicker guys, Donovan that does a real good job of beating all of them. So it's good to see that this is going to be an issue, I think, with Atlanta for a while, trying to get nine to... They picked wrong on that one. Yep, yep. Uh, Fournette, had, he, he did great, you know, volume-wise, but he's, he's definitely changed his style of running. Uh, we've talked about this this year. He's not being as patient, looking for his holes and blocks. I mean, he's really just pounding it up in there. And he's actually seeking guys out. Uh, there was a play where there was a five-yard hole that our offensive line opened up. 
And Fournette didn't get touched until he was 10 yards down the field, and it was the safety, last guy, last guy. And Fournette didn't even try to go around him. I mean, he, he had five yards on either side of this guy that he could have run. He didn't even try. He just tucked his shoulder and ran right into this guy. And I've seen him doing that a lot this year. He seems like he's – I don't know if it's the way he's being coached, uh, but he, you know, he's elite level at, you know, his patience and running where he's supposed to run based on his cues. And he's just not doing that as much this year. Uh, he, it seems like he's trying to be much more physical. Well, I think that after week one with Micah Parsons yeah. at Dallas complaining, complaining about, him about how physical he was, yeah. I think he's just taken that as license to be like, oh, you think I was physical then? Mm-hmm. And uh, Micah Parsons is still complaining about <laughs> all the contact he's getting. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he would have liked it in this game because Fournette missed or had two very weak blocks. He had one complete whiff, but uh, which is unusual, you know, because Fournette has gotten up into that elite elite level of blocking, you know, especially in pass protection. Uh, and he had a couple mess ups on, in this game, which has been unusual. I mean, he's usually been spot on with his blocking. Uh, Vita Vea, I'm going to complain about him some more. Uh, he's been a total disappointment for me this year. He was kind of a disappointment last year because I've really, I really hyped him up, you know, and just what I saw from him in those first couple of years. I mean, he's just dominant. I mean, 2020 was just outrageous. Yeah. I mean, well, he broke his ankle. Well, right? he broke, but it came back and the playoffs. Played great, was yeah. Just... I mean, 2019, what he showed, his strength and power was just off the charts. In 2020, he did it. Uh, 2021, he was still dominant, but I didn't feel like he was uh, getting the push that he could. Mm-hmm. And this year, he's just nothing. Just nothing. Uh, just very rarely is he dominating. Now, he is getting a lot more double teams because of Sue not being there. Mm-hmm. But even when he is being single teamed, he's just not being as, as strong. It's really the, the lack of strength. And seeing. so I kind of have a theory, perhaps, that the same way that Tom Brady like can come into a building and he just elevates everybody, like everybody gets better mm-hmm. because Tom Brady's there, because his standard, the bar, is so high. Right. And I think Sue brings that to the defensive line of the defense as a whole. And so you really miss that. And some people... And you see this with, you know, players who might excel in college and then they get to the NFL and they just don't do anything. And the one of the reasons is the coaching in college is so much different. You know, in college, there are way more hands-on with you. That You have expectations with, like, academics. You're down, you know, they're very... And it's, it's, this is the reason a lot of college coaches don't make it in the NFL. Um... Because these guys are used to, you know, the college players, they're getting a lot of, um, what's the, I don't know, um, micro, I don't know if it's micromanaging, but, um, you have people on top of you and there's a lot of accountability. And in the NFL, it's just you. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, yeah you're on your own. You yeah. screw up, you're just out. There's 10 guys behind you. Right. Chomping right. at the bit for your job. And so I think some people, some players excel in that, 
environment, but then others, I think, need that accountability. And Vita has a lot of natural ability, but he might be one of those people that needs the accountability, needs the competition, needs somebody next to them who is a, you know, professional and cares about their craft, is a master of their craft. Mm. And so that might elevate his play, having somebody like that beside him. And, you know, I really think that we miss that with Sue. Um, That's an interesting point. Uh, You know, he had Gerald McCoy when he first came in, the first year he came in the league. And uh, he was was very dominant when McCoy was there. Uh, With Sue... Now, there is a big factor, like I said, that the Via is definitely getting double teamed a lot more because Sue's not there and offensive lines can focus on Vita. But I think you're, you're spot on. He doesn't have the competition now. He's the big dog in the house, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the Sue who can make a play or – Challenge him strength wise. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, Goldston, Nacho, Logan, yeah. you know, those guys are no match for Vita strength wise. And Akeem Hicks can't get on the damn field. Right, right. Is he playing this week? No. No, he's still out. Oh, this is going to turn into a half Same. a season thing. Yeah. It? Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, kind of disappointed in Vita. I really had high expectations for him. And he, again, he's not playing bad, but you know, we're getting no push up the middle. Yeah. None. At and all. our run defense is terrible. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta had 150 yards mm-hmm. rushing. Yeah. That's Atlanta. But they are a run first team now. So. Uh, and that goes, takes me to Logan Hall again. He's just not impressed me. He's just a guy. He's made a couple plays this year. But as much as he's out there on the field, he should be showing me something. And I'm not seeing anything from the guy. Uh, don't mean to talk bad about him. I, you know, this is a, all about accountability. I want to see something from him. I want to see why he was picked as high as he was, for mm-hmm. one. But, you know, I want to see some growth from him. I want to see some uh, explosiveness. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's just another guy out there. But again, it could be he has no leadership in that room. Mm. What if there's just a vacuum of leadership yeah, in we, the defensive line? You know, JPP's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barrett seems to be a kind of like a Levante David, where they're mm-hmm. you know they're they're kind of quiet and they you know they they're not vocal leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you've got JPP gone, and you got Sue, who was just a a pillar of strength in the middle. Now, Sue was a the quiet type, I think, but, but he, the players just gravitated yeah. towards him. You saw it immediately when he got in the building and Will Golston mm-hmm. on um, one of the Buccaneers' like the productions, yeah. yeah, was like, you know, I want to learn everything that you know. Yeah, just following him you around. Know, just following him around. And, and, and he, had so, his, he had his throne at the end of the bench there that there was mm-hmm. always, always guys in conference with him. You know, there was four or five guys always sitting right around him at the end of that bench. Most of them would be sitting on helmets and stuff like that because there was only one seat beside him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody else was sitting on the ground in mm-hmm. front of him. Uh, but he always held court. You know, he was he was definitely a mentor, not just on the football field, but 
in their personal lives. You know, he's big into business, big into conducting yourself professionally, mm -hmm. uh, family, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. and we're lacking that. I don't know what how much it's affecting the team. I think quite a bit, but we're definitely, definitely not getting that push up the middle. You know, they talked about we wanted more speed up the middle, and we're not getting it. Yeah. I mean, there's no there's no pressure coming there's up. There's no middle. speed and there's no push. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Hall and Vita, I want to see something from you guys. Uh, so you know that's that's the takeaway from week five. We played a good game. They played a pretty good game. Uh, Division games are always tough. Always tough. You never know what you're going to get because you know they did come out trying to throw on us. Yeah, it shocked everybody, uh -huh. and uh, you know they had some pretty decent success throwing it. But you know they they did go back to the run game and they had success on that. It's actually what brought them within striking distance. Of yeah, them. Uh, they had like three runs of twenty plus yards in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so. Well, I think at that point, too, we had kind of taken our foot off the gas. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You can see it with the defense and the offense. Yeah. You know, we, we had three three and outs back-to-back -back in the fourth quarter offensively, and then our defense was out there allowing, you know, these big run plays. And they, you know, they were definitely not being as aggressive. I mean, they were down 30, 21 zip. <laughs> so, you know, we're like, yeah, we can give them a couple touchdowns. We're I not, know. We're out here trying to get hurt. So. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, you know, the way that Atlanta's heading, even with Mariota, I, I think they're going to be a pretty decent team. Yeah. Probably by the end of the year, uh, you know, they'll. I don't think they're going to have a winning record, but they'll be close. Yeah. You know. Okay. Uh, but they'll be they'll, they'll be showing improvement. I think every week they're going to be showing improvement, and they play competitive games every year, every week. Yeah. So. I mean, they almost came back against the, the Rams. Rams. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of been their MO, is they get down real far. <laughs> they start coming back. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they get down far and everybody expects them to try and pass it, so they go into uh, prevent defense. Yeah. And then they just run it on them. Kind of surprised. That might them. be their plan. That might be their plan. So is this our – I forget – it's so weird how this happens. Is this Arthur Smith's first year? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right? I know. Right? <laughs> I want to say I'm yes. like, God, all, my, all the football years just run together. Yeah. It's hard. Like, yeah. the longer it goes. You know, I used to be on top of this, and even with the podcast, but as the you see so much churn through the NFL, <laughs> it's just so hard to... Yeah. Keep track of it. I don't have the brain capacity either yes. anymore. And speaking of which, uh, Matt Rule got fired, the head coach for the Carolina Panthers. We didn't discuss this. On yeah, the we talked about it last one. Okay, yeah. So that's 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 great. Uh, you know, and then I don't know if it's as a uh, coincidence or whatever, but Baker Mayfield is hurt. Yeah. And he's going to be the backup quarterback. He's, that doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, it's very strange. So PJ Walker's going to be playing. A oh, PJ Walker. So hopefully we'll. <laughs> it's not Sam Darnold. No, I don't know what's going on. I know. Uh, Weird. He's that bad. I he's think. that bad. Yeah. He wants out of Carolina, you know. I think everybody, everyone everybody does. does. We're going to see this week. Yes. So, so we play them. Is it next week? I think next week. Yeah. Could, I wish we played them this week, man. I really do. I know. No, we're not that lucky. Let's see. They play. 
Oops. That was our game, right? Oh. I was just trying to see who they played. Um. I think they're playing Baltimore. Oh, the Rams. The Rams. Oh, gosh. Whew. Well. That's an easy win for the Rams. I know. That'll pad their record. Because they're two and three. Yeah. yeah. And then next week, we play them. <laughs> One o'clock game. Yeah. I don't care if we play Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, or Sam either. Darnold. I know. I'll take all three of them. They can put them all three on the field at the same time. I know. We're, we're going to beat the mess out of those guys. It's a curb stomp coming. Yep. All right. Speaking of which, yes. Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, no. This, now this could be a trap game. Huh? Uh, you know, we do struggle no, no. with this type of quarterback. Yes. Well, uh, but yeah, the new quarterbacks. It'll with, be his second Game starting. Yep. Kenny Pickett. Yep. He he played against the Bills last week. That was his first game. Now they scored. It was the score was thirty eight three. It was thirty one three going into halftime. Uh, the the Steelers just could not stop the big plays, and the Bills were killing them with it. And the runs, passes. Yeah, all of it. All of it. Everything. They just couldn't. They couldn't stop the big plays. And the uh, there were a lot of struggles on special teams on both sides of the mm-hmm. ball. Yeah, yeah the, the um, first first kick of the opening kick, the Bills fumble on the one yard line, and the Steelers tackled them. So they started off on the two, <laughs> and Buffalo did. But then it was third and ten. They popped off a ninety eight yard pass and mm-hmm. catch. Yeah. For a touchdown. Now, how do you do that? That's just. Complete dysfunction on defense. Just ridiculous. But then the uh, Bills kick off and the Steelers fumble it and recovered by the Bills on the Steelers 21. But then didn't they hold them to a field goal or they missed? It was something? blocked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the field goal was blocked immediately. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really windy. This was that Bills. Yeah. Uh, the, the Bills tried a 49-yard field goal, and it was blocked by the Steelers. But it was a really bad kick. I mean, it, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was blocked as so much as it hit somebody in the face. <laughs> it's so awful. Yeah. Uh, so Kenny Pickett got his first official start. Uh, he, he played the week before after they pulled uh, Trubisky and benched him. And Pickett is going to be the official starter from here on out. And, you know, I mean, he seems pretty decent. I liked him. Uh, he's got good patience. He's a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got – he's kind of like Josh Allen in the sense that he can run and he will run if you give him an opportunity, but he's not a run-first quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of patience in the pocket. Uh, he doesn't get happy feet. Uh, he seems to read the field pretty well. He does not. He's not scared to throw in the coverage. Now, some of his issues are – he doesn't have a great arm. Uh, he, he's he's accurate, but the ball is very, very the slow. The ball doesn't go where he thinks it's going to go. He's <laughs> <laughs> accurate, but... <laughs> he's thrown to the wrong spot. <laughs> um, no, I would disagree that he's accurate. I well, mean, relatively accurate. You know, he, he's... Inconsistently accurate, I would say, maybe is... 
Uh, okay, um, we'll go with that. Chari- I mean, the most charitable interpretation. Of yeah, that. yeah. In accuracy on a scale of one to ten, I'd give him a seven. You think it's six? I just think you're being too generous. I don't know. I just. I mean, it was one game, but I but I had a hard time telling if it was him or his receivers. Too. Yes, right. Yeah, no, his receivers did not help him at all in that game. No. I mean, they were dropping passes. They were running bad routes. There's the one, Pickens, um, who he seemed to favor a lot. They were both drafted last year, mm-hmm. rounds one and two. So they probably got some bonding time. And um, so... Pickens, he seemed to favor, in my opinion, and did pretty well with him. Uh, but I'm going to have I think, to make a note on that on my fantasy football. See, <laughs> see Pickens is available. Um, but I think in general, uh, you know, they I, – I don't know. The, he's got a ways to go, I think. And it might just be repetition. Um um, well, it, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, one of the things that it seems like his arm strength mm-hmm. is not top notch. Yeah, no, not no, he definitely favored these shorter passes. Yes, and those passes were not strong. Yeah, you know they, they had well, an arc to them, and he lobbed a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Well, and you got to figure it was the wind factor. I don't know. It could have been because it was very windy. He just didn't seem like he threw with strength. Yeah. Now he was decisive. Uh, you know, to me, to be, you know, his first start, mm-hmm. I thought he did a really good job of reading the field, uh, not getting spooked, running out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. Agree. Uh, and making decisions. Yes. You know, so. I agree. He's got I, a lot of fundamentals that are good. I don't want to be misinterpreted. Like, I think he's got a lot of promise. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I just say, I don't think he's the most accurate. Right. Is okay. what I would say. Yeah. But he did impress me. It didn't looking at the scoreboard. I think was misleading. Yeah. I thought that they looked a lot better than three to thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was really a back and forth, but the Bills just kept hitting them with these big yeah. plays. Yeah, that's where they really got burned. Yeah. And like uh, the Steelers had like two missed field goals too. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so you know, special teams was not helping them. No. Uh, but the defense, I mean, they picked off Josh Allen in the end zone at one point. Mm-hmm. So that was seven points they saved. Um, they got a few stops yeah. with the Bills in the red zone. So it could have been much worse. <laughs> <laughs> it sure could. Uh, uh, b- back to Pickett. He does, he does lead the pocket, not a lot, lot, but more than the average quarterback. Uh, he almost always goes to the right. He does bootlegs to the right. When he scrambles, it's to the right. Uh, He'll even turn to, you know, if he's if he's being pressured by the, from the left, he'll spin and go to the right. There was one play which they showed on the broadcast where it was like a screen, and the screen could have gone either way. Oh, yeah. And he went to the right with it, and it was stopped immediately. But if he had gone to the left, it was set up. The blockers were yeah. set up. I mean, that was a poor decision on his part. Where So, I yeah, yes. so it seems like he does favor that right side of the field. Which is something you get a lot with young quarterbacks is because, of, you know, you're right-handed. Mm-hmm. It's uh, natural to go to the right. It's natural to throw to the right. It's natural. Mm-hmm. So he's very much the right side of the field. Uh, as a matter of fact, he 
was he intercepted? I can't remember. Almost intercepted. He was bootlegging to the right or scrambled out and threw bad platform. It was bad form. He jumped in the air, threw the ball across his body to the center of the field, went through the defender or the receiver's hands. He had to jump up for it, but it did. It go right through his hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, it was a hard throw for Pickett, you know, to throw to the left like that. Uh, so he, he, if we shut down the right side of the field, he's going to have trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And depends on which, which <coughs> Barrett, Shaq Barrett is on the injury report with it for an illness. He's not listed as out, but whether he plays or not depends on if he's going to be on the right side or the left side. You know, they've been switching it uh, for the most part. I think last week he played predominantly on the right side. So they're switching back and forth, it seems like, him and Triumph. So it'll see if they put Barrett on the left side to counter uh, Pickett's habit of going to the right, which would be the side Barrett would be on. Left side defense, right side offense. Mm -hmm. Um, Their Pittsburgh's run game is... Was not very successful last week. Fifty-four yards. Uh, they they have Najee Harris, who's been there a while, and then they have this other guy. Was it Jalen Warren? Number thirty. You liked him. Number yeah. thirty. I yeah. liked him, but they put him in later in the game. He's kind of a short, like stout guy. Like he's bigger, um, but he seemed to be having some luck. Uh, he averaged a 4.8 yards a carry. Yeah, compared to Harris's 1.8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I liked him. Yeah, you liked I him because he was aggressive and strong. I mean, he would just plow. Yeah, he was running through tackles. And so, uh, we got to watch him. I don't know if they put him in. Uh, towards the end of the game when they were already losing. So, I, you know, if Najee just Harris is carries, still the, yeah. Yeah, the bell cow, but mm-hmm. um, if Warren was just there because they were so far back. It's hard to say. Uh, the Steelers are going to be without, like, their entire secondary. Yeah, yeah, we are going to be playing up against a very weak Steelers secondary, which, you know, they, the Bills just torched them. You know, that secondary just got yeah. slaughtered. I, they were the starters. Right. I can see why they're out. It was probably their pride. <laughs> their ego got, <laughs> they broke the ego. <laughs> like, make it if it's Patrick, he's out with a knee injury. Um, Levi Wallace with a concussion. Uh, Cameron Sutton with a hamstring. Akello Witherspoon with a hamstring. So, um... Did you say Mika Fitzpatrick? Yes. Yeah. So... Pat Fryermuth, they're tight in. They're starting tight in. He's going to be out. Golly, oh. Dan. So, um... I don't think anybody wants to play us. <laughs> yeah. I can't blame them. <laughs> can't blame them. After that Bills fiasco, they're like, well, I can't handle the humiliation Yeah, anymore. we got to rest. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, of course, uh, B.A. and... Mike Tomlin has oh, some history. That's right. Uh, B.A. was with look. the Steelers for a long time. Got fired. Got fired by Mike Tomlin. The only time he's ever been fired. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know if that's true. but he, well, in, in, in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, he took that very personally. Yeah, and because he's very loyal to his staff, Bruce Arians is, and he has adamantly said, and this has been true his whole career, that he will never fire a coach. He, if he's not working out, he'll move him to a different position, but he will mm-hmm. never fire him. And Bruce Arians, in his book, he talks about how hard it is in co- on coaches, you know, when they get fired. You know, not only are you, one, embarrassed, you know, because you put all your blood, sweat, and mm-hmm. tears into building a team and coaching these guys, and it just all gets yanked out from under you, and you're uh, you're removed from the the locker room and the stadium, and just like that, you mm-hmm. know, you're just now all of a sudden you're just no more, no longer part of this organization. And how hard it is on the family is how they, you know, you got to uproot your whole family, your kids. You know, he had young kids at the time when he was at uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tulane or Baylor. What was it? He did Temple. Temple. And, um, but no, this was with the Steelers. Right, right. He was but, offensive. Okay. But it, when he was getting fired in his oh, college right, right, years. Right. Mm-hmm. And he said he would never fire a coach mm-hmm. because it is just so, you know, he knows how traumatic it is to, uh, for them and their family. So he goes, he's at Pittsburgh and they went to the Super Bowl. And won the Super Bowl with Bruce Arians as the offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator. Yeah, he was the coordinator. Right? Yes, and they fired him the next year. He said it totally it caught him off guard. It was it was a kick in the balls, and he's really held a grudge against Tomlin mm-hmm. for that because he felt like Tomlin didn't go to bat for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The ownership wanted more. Uh, what was it? More. More of a run game or something? Probably no NBA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he, he's really held a grudge against Tomlin. Uh, they're not friends. No. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So <laughs> they're going to go in there. And Tomlin, he's not used to losing like this. No. You know? I mean, he's had Ben for years. Yeah. I mean, Ben was drafted, what, like 2007, 2008? Yeah. So 15 years. Uh and so it's a hard, and it's like it's like teams like New England too, have, who have had these dynasty quarterbacks, dynasty teams. Um, now they're finding out how hard it is to get a good quarterback. Right. Unless you're the Green Bay Packers, of course. Ugh. Jerks. Well, just wait till Aaron <laughs> Rodgers isn't there. That That's what I up. said when I Brett Favre was <laughs> retired. So. Yeah, the, the the Tomlin, you know, the, there's going to be a grudge. He knows that Arians, Arians has spoken out publicly about mm-hmm. his dislike of Tomlin and the way all that was handled. So there's that grudge in the at the administrative level. And then Tomlin is he's not on the hot seat. I mean, this is Pittsburgh. They don't no, fire I don't coaches. Think so no, no. Uh, but the pride and the ego, you know, they're they're not doing well this year. And remember last year they they went undefeated. They were like eleven and zero. I think it was nine and zero. I think they're nine. Yeah, they were deep into the season before yeah. they lost a game, and then they 
accidentally backed into the playoffs. Yeah, they lost a bunch of games like right in a row <laughs> after that nine and zero. Because I think they finished at like nine and seven or yeah. something. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger announced his retirement during the season, and when they went, made it to the playoffs, he would he looked so despondent. <laughs> he was just like, "Are you shit?" He was me? like shocked. He was yeah. ready for this to be his last he was game. Done. And they just backed right in. And then, and then they just didn't even try it in the playoffs. Yeah. But that division is so competitive. And I think I, th- I think it's impossible for them to not to like try or care. You know, you get teams where it's like, oh, rebuild mode or whatever. Uh, yeah, no, that's not and the Steelers. They, and it will no. never be the Steelers because no. you can't in that division. I think it's too hard with that. Again, it's a kind of a form of accountability mm-hmm. when you have that much of a rival yeah. with all the whole division yeah. is like that. The Browns, the Bengals, and the Ravens. Uh, I'd say their main rivalry is with the Ravens, Ravens. but they hate it. Everyone else hates them too. They all hate each other. So mm-hmm. um, it's impossible for them to just kind of tank or not care or right. not try to win games. The Steelers fan base wouldn't let them. I mean, the Steelers oh, fan no. base has been, mm-hmm. has enjoyed decades of great football, you know, of competitive football. I mean, they'll have a down year every now and then and all yeah. that. But you know that the Steelers fan base expects their team to be competitive every yeah. year. So uh, Tomlin's not gonna. This ain't gonna be an easy game. No, no. He, he's gonna come up with some stuff to try and uh, you know make this a competitive game. I don't know if he's gonna be able to. To be honest, I don't with think him. so. I think they just got too much. There's too much turmoil. There's too much stuff going on. You know, uh, the the young quarterback. Um, the unstable wide receiver core, you know, I would definitely say their wide receiver core below average. Uh, you had Tony Romo was actually on the broadcast talking about Chase Claypool, mm-hmm. how he's not a quarterback friendly receiver, which I don't know how you do that and keep a job in the NFL. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but their wide receiver core, I think, is not strong. Um, Pittsburgh loves their tight ends. And, you know, you said Friar Muth is out, their starter. They had a couple of backups um, in the Buffalo game, and they were kind of, you know, not great. Mm-hmm. So um, if you can't rely on your receivers, you don't have tight ends to back up the receiver the weakness with the receiving core. And then your run game is not taken off. You have no offense. Right. Like what, what the hell are you supposed to do with that? Right. Yeah. And half your defense is out injured too. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they're going to be counting on a lot of bad luck on the Buccaneers yeah. side. I agree. Which, so, you know, anything can happen. I know. But. Absolutely. And we do have a history of getting burned by these young quarterbacks. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, it's the old Buccaneers, but again, that kind of culture in the... Uh, hard to... Yeah, it's hard to shake sometimes. <laughs> so, we will see. I'm optimistic. You're I optimistic. Oh. We are playing at Pittsburgh. Now, last week, they played at Buffalo, which is a very hard place to play mm-hmm. in general. Right. Because the Bills Mafia, they come out, right. they show up. And Pittsburgh is um, a hard place. Very loud. Yeah. Uh, it was very windy there last week. 
So they did struggle. Um, yeah, field goals especially. Yeah. Missed two. So now we're going to Pittsburgh. They are 0-2 at home. So hmm. it's not necessarily going to be a disadvantage for us, but could be. Yeah, Steelers are 1-4. and four. Yeah. So they're they're looking for a game. I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how they can get it from us. Uh, Tomlin's going to come up with some stuff. He's going to come up with something that he's going to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just not going to go out there and you know, lay up a duck and uh, call it a day. And you got to figure um, Pickett has had another week of practice, a mm-hmm. week in the offense, week of game planning, working with his receivers. So, um, and that could benefit him. We might see an improvement overall that we saw in the first week. Well, hopefully our defense will step up and make him wish he had never been drafted. Well, and I think the, our defense has to be very opportunistic, you know, looking for those mistakes, looking for inerrant passes. You know, their goal is 30 turnovers, 30 interceptions. Was it interceptions or turnovers? I think it was turnovers. Okay. So, you know, I think that they need to be hyper-aware. Um, Didn't get any last week. No. And, you know, we've got Mike Edwards is on the injury report for the Bucks. SMB is out. He's, Mike Edwards is questionable. Um, SMB is out. Uh, Akeem Hicks. Yeah, SMB has got um, a quad injury. Logan Ryan. He's out with a foot injury, and Shaq Barrett, like you said, with an illness. So, um, people got to step up on the defense. Devin White, here's your opportunity, which he is. He's an opportunistic player. Yeah. Um, so, we shall see. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I, you know, it's a Steel's got a big fan base. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a 1 o'clock game, which makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I think we only got a few of those this year, right? Yep. So, uh, you know, we get to uh, get to show off our stuff and probably get some highlight plays. <laughs> I think uh, Evans and Godwin are going to have good, uh, good games. Yeah. They... Uh, Kate Otten is, is he's really he really showed up last week. I'm I'm excited about him. I'm going Mike Evans, and here's why they. The Steelers struggled against number 13 mm-hmm. deep against the Buffalo Bills. So I'm going to say they have trouble with the number 13. Yes. And the number, I think number 10 gave them a hard time, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Scotty Miller, it's the numbers, man. It's, it's the, numbers. the numbers. That's what matters. <laughs> I don't know if Julio Jones is going to play or not. Uh, he's doubtful. So probably not. It's like we're saving him till the end of the year for our That's playoff. That's how man. I would prefer it. Yeah. Like, don't. Yeah. We go. got Chris Collins back. We're good. Yeah. yeah so, as long as we can keep one of our studs on the field, mm-hmm. you know, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or Julio mm-hmm. Jones, we're good. We got two now. So, mm-hmm. all right, Molly, what do you think? Give us your score prediction. I think it is. I think they are going to uh, turn it around a little bit and be able to put a little more points on the board than they did. With the Bills, um, I'll give them 13, oh, the Steelers. and But I think the Bucks 
I think Mike Evans is going to have a day. And Chris Godwin. Both of them. I'm going to go 31. Oh, man, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> really? Now i got to adjust You shouldn't my... let me pick first. I know. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm going to do 10. 28-10. Although, I think we're going to break 30. We haven't broken 30 so. so far this year. Yeah. Yeah. Remember last uh, year we were doing it on the regular? I think we were averaging 32 points a yeah. game last at this point last year. <laughs> no more. All right. So Molly's got uh, 31-13, and Ralph is saying 28-10. Both of us are picking the Buccaneers, of course. <laughs> Trying not to be biased. Trying not to be biased. But, hey. Listen, the, I think that's – let me see. We are favored. Yeah, on the almost e- double digits. ESPN analytics matchup predictor is eighty-two and a half percent. We are going to win. To Pittsburgh, seventeen point four. Huh. So, is there a point one chance there's going to be a tie? Point two. Double what you said. Point <laughs> two percent chance. Oh, tie. Oh, it's right there. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see it there. I was doing the math in my head. Yeah. That's, a, that's why you shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the the line is, Vegas line. But I I want to say that uh, it's uh, Steelers plus eight or something like that. Wow. Yeah, they're getting, they're getting some hefty points. They are definitely the underdog in this game. We should be able to run away with this, uh, but anything can happen. And you know, fingers crossed we go out there. If we just go out there and play a relatively mistake-free game, we should have this. Mm-hmm. If we go out and they're lighted up, then they're they're going to have a bad, bad day. Agree. Mm-hmm. And you know the Steelers fans, like, they hate Tom Brady. Hate Tom Brady. Hate 20 him. years. He's run that conference. How many times did they see him in the playoffs? A lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, he played Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Here we go. Big game tomorrow. Move us up into uh, five and two. What are we? Four and two. Four and two. We're three and two currently. All right. We're now, two and zero oh away. The Atlanta Falcons are playing the 49ers. They're going to lose that game. Uh, the, it doesn't matter who Carolina's playing. They're going to lose that game. <laughs> Uh, the Saints are playing Cincinnati. It's at New Orleans. If it was at Cincinnati, I'd probably pick Cincinnati, but Cincinnati's just playing horrible this year. They got the Super Bowl hangover. Mm-hmm. Can't get that offensive line straight. No. Nah. Poor Kappa. Uh, they, the, both teams are two and three. So I, I got to give it to the Saints just because they're at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, they've got Andy Dalton starting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Taysom Hill at tight end slash quarterback slash running back slash receiver. So, James Winston still injured. Not going to be playing for a while. What's his injury? The back? Who knows? Yeah, I know. Something. Something. So, uh, we should be – we should get a game up on Atlanta and uh, we'll still be – uh, a game up on no, we'll be two games up on Atlanta and probably a game up on New Orleans. New Orleans might move into 
second place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that game's iffy. It can go either way. I agree. I think Michael Thomas is out again. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, uh, we're, yeah, we're definitely we're we're keeping this division lead through the rest of the year. Mark my words on that. And uh, we're going to ride it right into the playoffs. Yep. So that's all that matters. Get to the playoffs. That's all that matters. That's it. All right, guys. Uh, anything else? No. That's it. All right. Till next time. Go up.